and our key founding member, Dr. Toshiro Takami. He often talked about his time in Bangladesh. Uh, in the early 70s, he took a group of 50 young Japanese Christians to Bangladesh to help uh, them overcome a horrible disaster that had befallen upon their country. And he says he remembers that he would walk into the houses of people, um, of the local people, people who were Christians or Muslims or Buddhists or Hindus, and he remembers them welcoming them into his house. And more than anything, he remembers that they had all the food they needed. They, they had come with supplies, and they had what they needed. But these families, maybe they could eat two meals a day. Uh, there was a lot of problems going on in Bangladesh. And he says they would open up and give this table, this feast to them every time. And he remembers feeling God say, this is what sharing is. It's not from the abundance of everything you have, but it's from your scarcity. It's from the little bit you have. And this is how peace happens. This is where reconciliation can truly begin. Uh, and so when you hear the word reconciliation, peace, what is your image? I've got a couple images up here. The next slide, please. Maybe it's just this, you know, oh, the sign, peace sign. Um, you know, very, I don't know what to say, but, you know, living, taking it easy, you know, peace, yeah. Or maybe... This, you know, get ready for the camera, peace. Next. Um, maybe it's something that's a little more closer to our faith. Uh, this is more maybe spiritual. You go by the, the, um, the ocean and you sit in a peaceful place in the mountains. Who, who likes mountains here? Can you raise your hand, yeah? Who likes the ocean? Amen, you're my time. No, no, okay. I love both. Uh, I grew up near the ocean, though. But yeah, somewhere where you can be at peace. And then, of course, I think next... Uh, we know that really peace for us comes through Jesus Christ. The, the cross uh, and the resurrection that happened there is something that can surpass everything in this world. And I want us to think a little bit about that peace next. Um, because in the Bible, um, with this, this is really the image that I see very strongly as connecting peace, reconciliation, and the idea at ARI that we may live together. It's this image from Isaiah 11:6. It says, the wolf will lie with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf with the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Our image, I think, of peace from Scripture is that one day the kingdom of God will be real, and that there will be no need to fear, be no war, no rumors of war. The earth will not groan. There will be no natural disasters, because everything will be in harmony. Everything will be at peace. But the problem is how to get there, right? Uh, anyone else feel that that's a problem? Our world is still stuck somewhere in between. Um, so to help us think about this, I want us to look at a couple scriptures um, and also some words from Dr. Takami. I'm going to be referencing just very briefly um, an article from this most recent journal from ARI. It's called You Do. And uh, we'll, we have it downstairs if you're interested um, in Japanese and English. Uh, but in it, Dr. Takami uh, talks about, um, he questions what's happened in the world with agriculture, with farming. Um, and he compares the reality now of what's happening with traditionally. So the word agriculture, he looks at the word agriculture and he says it's about a culture of tending the land. Uh, it's about a way of life. It's about processes, how to make food, how to make relationships how to live in community, it's not just focused on the end product. Uh, I, I heard some of the new members are, are new students, are, are students 
and you're studying, I'm guessing, for PhDs or, or those type of things. But um, I think you, you know this, and that's why you're here. It's a process. Learning is not something about the, you know, getting a degree. It's a process. And that's what he talks about. And he says it's not about growing a tomato, but it's about that process of getting to a tomato. But he says now the majority of agriculture has become focused only on creating an end product and thinking about the amount of profit you can give. It becomes exploitative, and it pushes traditional farmers who work in many of the countries that we bring participants from into poverty, even into starvation. And yet successful farmers, they need to grab more and more land, and they need to use all these inputs that the government and these wonderful companies make for you as long as you give them enough money. And you've got to be bigger and bigger just so that you can pay your debts and your bills. And because of the cost, the farmers have no space in their heart, no time to, be, or, or to even be interested in the commodity that they're growing. They'll use poison as long as it makes the perfect apple that everybody's looking for. This is this not a culture anymore. And I think that can be said for many, many professions. It's really not about the process so often now. It's about the end result. What can we get out of this? How much can I get? This, does anyone think this is a problem? If you think it's a problem, raise your hand. If you would think that, yeah, this type of life that pushes us more and more to just looking at the results, I don't think that's what we're called to. Like so many other issues in society, growing food is no longer about sustaining life or family or community. It's only a way of gaining a living. And this is a way then to amass wealth, to gain power, and soon without thinking, communities create conflict, hatred happens, it arises, and as we think of our own pockets, we realize that we're not in relationship, we're not in harmony, we're not in peace with anyone around us. In today's passage, which we just read um, from 2 Corinthians 5, uh, it's, it's Paul's talking about how we live as Christians, the new life that we have in, in Christ. Uh, and in it, it's interesting that he talks about, for him, the love of Christ, which he says you can see as a reality for the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. That's where we understand love. This love, he says, it compels him, and he would say the early Christians, to live a life following God through Christ. And it also compels him not to just live personally, I know Jesus, and I'm going to follow Jesus, right? We sing before, I have decided, right? Amen? Amen. No turning, right? The world behind, uh, the cross before me, the world behind me, amen? So many times that becomes our focus, and even after we leave this church, uh (laughs) uh-oh, sometimes the world gets in front of us, right? The cross gets behind us, Amen? Anybody experience that? Uh, But Paul says that it's that crucifixion, the cross, the love of God that brought the resurrection, that power, that is what compels him, compels us to live a new life. Of course, it's the power of God working in us, but we're being compelled by what we've seen in Christ. And Paul says that God through Christ was not just showing love as a friend would die for another, He wasn't proving his power through rising Christ from the dead. He was bringing peace. 
He's bringing reconciliation. He's bringing a change between the relationship we had with God that was so evil to something new. When we believe in Christ as our Lord and Savior, that becomes our personal story. But it compels us to something new. And the apostle goes on in verses 16 through 21. I want you to take a look there. He goes on there because he talks in there um, about what it means, what it looks like uh, to follow Christ there. Uh, And this is uh, the Good News Bible. I I just had my phone and thought a Bible would be better for you all to see me reading. Amen? Uh, So no longer then do we judge anyone by human standards, even if at one time we judge Christ. When anyone is joined to Christ, he is a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is done by God. Our message is that God has, was making all mankind, all humans, his friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins. He didn't worry about what they had done through Christ. He has given us this message which tells us how we can make friends. Here we are then, speaking for Christ, as though God himself were making his appeal through us. And so Paul says that that's the life we're called to now. It's not through physical eyes or even human logic. There's something greater that that compels us. Uh, So we are called to see what God has done and to accept this love and forgiveness and become ambassadors. Can, Can you look at your neighbor for a second? Left, right, front, back, anywhere? Take a look. And can you tell them you are an ambassador of Christ? Do we have any uh, country ambassadors in the room today? Sometimes in Tokyo, we've got ambassadors of the church. But but it doesn't matter if you're not an ambassador of the United States or Ghana or Canada or Japan. You are an ambassador of Christ. Amen? And that's something that we should live into. And so this idea of living as an ambassador, I think that is really what we saw in Isaiah 11.6. This little child, not afraid, with many things that could be fearful, goes into a new context, maybe, and is ready to walk that, that walk. It's a beautiful prophecy of hope, of the Messiah that will come into the world and what the world will become. For the people of Israel, it had to be an amazing vision of what could be. Remember, they were in bondage. They were fearing uh, Assyria. And later, as they're in Babylon, they're hearing the story again, and they're imagining what it will be like. They're in bondage. And yet, this is the image. It was so different from the reality they lived in. The reality of war, famine, discord, hatred between nations. And I believe that that is what Jesus is leading us to. That one day, we won't worry that our child is playing with a lion. Amen? (laughs) And there are many lions around us. They may not look like that lion, but there's many things that, as a father now, I have a seven-year-old daughter, and there's many things that you start to think about when you have a child in the house. And I think about her future, especially as a young woman in this world. What's going to happen? How is she going to face life? So many things can, can make us afraid in the world that we live in. But this image, beautiful, child, the lion with, with the, the lamb can sit under the lion, the, the hyena, the wolf, whatever, they're right there. And God is calling us to believe that God, through Jesus Christ, has already done something. Even if we can't see it, God has done something. And that love, The love of Christ on the cross and the resurrection should compel us to live a new way. At ARI, through our food practices and our ways of living together in intensive international community, we learn to think and question what this looks like. We experience what it means to live together. 
And we start coming up with dreams and visions that we've never imagined before. Our model for this is Jesus Christ. As we see in 2 Corinthians 5, Jesus brought together people who uh, opposed one another through the church. As he died on the cross, as he resurrected into new life, uh, the power of God was working. Dr. Takami shares in an article about Christ's parable, in this article about Christ's parable of the, the wheat and how the, a grain of wheat must die in order for a new thing to come. Everyone knows that, right? And it's amazing at ARI because we, we grow all this food and you get this little tiny piece of wheat and you look at the stalk it becomes. Um, and one of our uh, staff members, actually, he said, this is not in the sermon, I'm sorry. Uh, probably many things are not. Uh, one of our staff members says that uh, if Jesus would have been Asian, well, he was Asian, but if Jesus would have lived in Japan, he wouldn't have talked about wheat. He would have talked about rice. And there's another parable, the parable of the sower, and it's 30 or 50 or 100 times, right? He said, no, it would have been 300 or 500 or 1,000 times the fruit would come up. But this one grain of wheat, this little tiny thing, when it dies, changes the world. I think most of us in here, we say that we are Christians, that we follow Jesus Christ. Do you know that now one in three in the world say they follow Jesus Christ? Whether we're all doing it or not, let's not go there, but one in three in the world. Jesus' death and his resurrection has transformed the world. I remember when I was young, I used to go to uh, this, this Christmas celebration and they would talk about the government was sitting on his shoulders. And to think of our society as how they've been changed because of Jesus' willingness to die and because of the power of God to, be raised, to raise him to life. And yet this is what we're called to, we're compelled to do. Dr. Takami says that if we will live into that, if we will die to ourselves, we will forget about our own personal needs, our own personal dreams, and find the dream that God has put in our heart, the vision that God has put in our minds. If we will follow that, the world will be transformed. It's a way of reconciliation, a way of peacemaking between different segments of society even, between the different powers. And ARI, to help us live this life, we live intentionally, fully together. When I say fully, uh, I, me and my family, we are in our own house, but everyone lives in the dorm. We all eat together. Uh, people come to my house at all times of the night. Uh, no need to even feel that they need to push the doorbell. Just open the door. Jonathan, my daughter is sleeping. Uh, we work together and we lead each other. We share together. And people are coming from cultures where women do not teach, right? Or they're coming from cultures to where uh, you are my enemy. All these type of things. And yet we say, no, women are teaching. <laughs> we say, no, you are not my enemy. You are my friend. And we get in each other's faces and each other's lives. But as this happens, transformation comes. Something changes in our hearts. And the vast, vast, vast majority of people who come to ARI as they're sharing their lives together, they're being transformed. They die to their personal desires, their selfish goals, and we begin to experience larger visions, larger dreams. And I don't think this is just what God wants for us. I really think this is what we yearn for. I think the love of Christ is compelling us to this vision. We want a world where things are different. It is through these experiences that then we start to understand and work for reconciliation and peace in our relationships, with the food, with the ground, 
sharing with people about how to be reconciled with God through Jesus Christ and through our lives. This becomes our foundation as we leave that place, as we go out into the world, just as you are about to go out into the world and do your ministry and your work. Not easy, this life that we are called to as Christians, but it's something that God compels us through, the love of Jesus Christ on the cross. So I invite you to think on this vision, to see this vision. And if you've never visited, come up. Experience this vision with us. And more than anything, to take it out into the world, to live it, being compelled to the love of Christ, that we may live together. Would you pray with me? God, we give you thanks. We praise your name for you are good. God, we thank you that through Jesus Christ, you are reconciling all things. Even now, you are reconciling all things. Let us take that ministry and share with so many about your love. And let us seek to live that in our lives. We mourn the way the world is. We mourn the powers that be. We mourn the power of Satan and, and evil. We mourn the powers of this world that, that will, will, will discriminate and hate and, and, and oppress people. We pray for new systems. We pray for new lives. And more than anything, we pray for new hearts changed by your love, by the power of your gospel. Will you use ARI? Will you use KUC? Will you use each one of us to be workers doing this ministry of reconciliation. All to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.